right, welcome back to another episode of Flashcards. Uh, I am Ray McIntyre, and we have a treat for you. Before we get into that, uh, if you guys are hearing it sound a little bit different, I finally stepped my game up with the mic and got something that's actually decent. So we have that one. And number two, BZB and I are in person today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> in person, across the table from each other, one microphone. I'm fired up. That's right. So couldn't be more pumped about that. We're in Reno, Nevada. Uh, we are missing our boy QB, who is actually out at fire training right now uh, out there in Hawaii. Obviously, he's not going to be able to pop in for this, but uh, really excited about today. So, uh, bye. before we get started, yesterday we had the chance to go out to the palace here in Reno. Uh, Coach Flurry, <laughs> who one of our coaches, the man, right? And uh, he he let us come out and speak. Uh, you want to give us a little rundown on what we did and what we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, so Coach Flurry runs the Scorpions Baseball Softball Academy here in town, and awesome dude. Has some great teams there. A lot of teams actually there. And it was cool to one see his palace <laughs> that he calls it. I think it's funny. But two, we were able to come in there and do a ninety-minute workshop on mental toughness and, and building good habits in your life. And, and that's what this is all about is, hey, going into the fall, going into the winter, how can we start to mix in some good habits into our life that are going to serve us in the spring? And we may not see the benefits of those right away, but as you continue to plant the seeds and water it day after day, time after time, you're going to start to reap the benefits of the habits that you are creating, if they are good habits. And so we kind of discern the good from the bad. We got a great Q&A in there um, for the last 30 minutes or so talking about all things from mental toughness, what it takes to play at the next level, college recruiting, what are coaches looking for, really anything you can think of. The parents and the athletes were awesome. Um, we had a, a big time turnout. I was really impressed. I thought we were yeah. going to have five kids, and we, we crushed it with that, so that was cool. And uh, It was an awesome time. So I took them through some visualization at the end, gave them some breathing techniques to use right away, um, hoping some of those guys implement them. But it was all about taking ownership of your habits this fall and uh, where do you want to go, who do you want to become. Yeah, that's and that's a tough subject, especially for you know a, a group. A lot of those guys were 13U on that his 13U team, uh, but to see the growth for some of your guys, you know, you had some guys that made the trip. Um, uh, one guy you've been working with for quite a while. Um, how have you seen those guys grow since they've been in the program? It's been unbelievable seeing the difference in a couple of them so there was three guys that, that have been in our program one was from the bay area actually so he drove over about what three four hours from san jose uh, to come join us last night which was incredible and he's 11 years old and he's been in the program for four months we did a baseball school free baseball school for i think four weeks in quarantine and chase was on it he decided to continue with the program and, and do some of the mental training and I, at first, I'm like an 11 year old in this with some high school kids. I don't know if this is going to work out. How's this going to go? But I'm not going to say no. And he came in and he's been dropping bombs in the thing. So seeing him, he's using the breathing. He feels good. And then the other two athletes, Levi Sotomayor and Jack Himholtz, uh, incredible kids, both in Reno. One's a sophomore, Jack, and uh, the other one's a junior. Um, both have been using the breathing for the last ooh, over a year now, just about. And they've seen unbelievable benefits from using the visualization, going through some goal setting. I know one of them uh, does a gratitude journal as well. And just seeing the growth in their bodies too. They, they've taken ownership of their career. I believe that their mind is a little more focused since they've been in the program. Mm -hmm. And it's been unbelievable to see their their, their growth, man. And, and just hearing it from the parents. Though. Like, it's cool to hear from the kid, but they can be telling you two things. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you hear it from the parent, hey, they're doing more things around the house. 
they're taking more ownership of their career, they're getting in the cage more, they aren't getting as upset at themselves, they aren't as nervous under pressure, they don't fold. That is the true benefit of what we're doing. So getting to see those families last night, I know they got to pick your brain right for a while there about college, what mm -hmm. it takes, different schools that you've been to. Uh, incredible experience and that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing. But yeah. before we continue, Ray, this was your first event <laughs> ever as a major league university member. It's been a dream of mine. I didn't think it'd ever come true, but what was your experience like? How'd you think about it? It was so awesome. You know, I, I've been out on the course, so I've been working on the course for quite a while now, and um, it's been really since March, I think, since I've been able to sit down and uh, speak to a group of guys like I did at USD and uh, Arizona before that and whatnot, but uh, I think it was the itch of wanting to get back out there was was big for me, uh, and then just the reception, you know, from all those kids. It, it's it's hard enough to pay attention for thirty minutes to somebody you don't know, uh, but <laughs> you know, when I'm fifteen, when I'm twenty, it's hard. But um, for these kids to lock in that long, and and really, like those guys that you worked with, you could see not only are they taking you know full advantage of their training, but uh, the way they interact with us and and without knowing me i mean they're stand-up kids and um whatever happens you know baseball wise they're gonna go really far in life so I, it was awesome coach flurry we can't thank you enough um that place is sweet so if you get a chance to check out the pals get over there um but yeah it was a great time i'm really looking forward to today we're actually gonna be popping in with coach bruce and the university of nevada here uh, we got to get this thing wrapped up here in about 20 minutes so we're gonna head on over there uh, and check those guys out, see how the boys are doing. So, uh, good weekend ahead for us. Uh, but overall, what an awesome time! Incredible experience. Couldn't be more grateful, man. Very, very grateful for all of you who listen and who support us. Uh, got some really good feedback, so thank you guys. Uh, now we're gonna keep going on this fierce thing. This is us wrapping up the month of October. Um, number one, uh, you ever watch Halloween movies? Are you a Halloween <laughs> guy? I was, but uh, honestly, I get really creeped out, and I hate freaky stuff. Uh, <laughs> yep. But I did watch some, and I got freaked out all the time, especially when I was younger. <laughs> what, have you, okay, Hocus Pocus, have you seen that? Yeah, I was going to say, Hocus Pocus and Jeepers Creepers are the two that I watched. The top two. I always thought witches were, like, waiting around me and, and waiting to like, cast a spell on me if I went and got candy from their house. Yeah. Jeepers Creepers was just real weird. Uh really skeptical on it but hey i watched it a hundred times so i must have liked it for some reason <laughs> yeah not something you're going to want to take your 11 year old to watch uh jeepers creepers uh, even the song <laughs> creeps me out a little bit to this day still yeah. um my parents were super into the saw movies and uh hocus pocus halloween town when i was a Ooh, og no. for a, uh you know disney world or whatever so yeah no we wanted to get into that before we get into uh you know fears to wrap up now with the fears we have two different types of fears that we're going to kind of break down here. We have an irrational, or excuse me, a rational and an irrational. Rational and irrational. So rational, uh, hey, I, I might get hit by a pitch or, hey, uh, I'm worried about twisting my ankle on this dirt or, um, you know, something physical harm. And then irrational is going to be more of that mental uh, block that you're putting in your own way. Uh, by can you... What do you focus on when you're working with players? What is Which of those two is easiest uh, to help balance out? Yeah, I think the easiest to help out is the rational because it's a physical action. So, for instance, I'm hiking up here in the mountain yesterday, and it's an incredible hike. Beautiful. I'm so pumped, and I'm, I'm in my own zone. But when I'm on the mountain, I'm super focused because I hate snakes. <laughs> and what do you know? 
for the first time ever, I saw a snake slither out of the stupid bush, and I got freaked out. And mind you, it was maybe an inch or nine inch, sorry, a foot long, and it was really skinny. But it like peeked its head out, peeked it back. So irrational fear, hey, that snake, it's real, it's right there. I could be in danger, right? So I think helping people with that is pretty, not easy, but a little easier because it's something physical. Oh, I might get hit by the ball. I might make an error. Now, the irrational ones are a little tougher to deal with because it's more ingrained in the, in the mind. So they're more programmed. It could be from early childhood, like a 12-year-old being afraid of the ball because he got hit when he was six in the head by his dad throwing BP and he doesn't want to ever get hit again. Or maybe I hit him throwing BP. Um, what if I don't ever make it to the next level? Mm -hmm. What if I don't have a chance in high school? What if I'm not good enough? What if I live in a small town and nobody comes and sees me? I and mean, we had a question last night. Hey, I live in a small town. I don't know how to get seen. What do I do? Well, here's some steps that we can do and take to get you out there. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but here's what we can do. So the irrational fears are more, they're a little tougher to work with, but they're more yeah. enjoyable because you really got to dig down deep to what's your belief system, right? Dean Wellham says, hey, own your own BS and not the normal BS, but your belief system. Yeah. Like, what do you believe? What's your core foundations? Uh, what are your principles in life? And as a young kid, you really don't know that. But yeah. we can start working through that and start building some values that we have so that we don't cave into some of those fears in the box, on the mat, on the field, and in school, in the classroom, in life. Yeah, the, the irrational fears are often the one you're going to come across most on the baseball field, I think. Um, just because there's <coughs> such a, a negative... Um, you know, mindset, you're, you're getting out all the time. Um, you know, you, you're not really, it, it's such a team sport. You're, you can produce, but there's no real telling whether you're going to super affect the game or not. Um, you know, unless you throw a perfect game and hit a home run, that's the only <laughs> way you're going to win that thing. So, um, that would be a great, great day. Huh? But, uh, yeah. So as far as the, let's go back to what you said about the player that talked to us about that last night, the, the small town kid. And, um, do you happen to see a lot of those guys where they, they bring the fear up, but they don't take the action steps? 100%. That's, that's, that's a great point, right? It's, majority of them will bring the fear up. Majority of people in life bring that fear up. They know it. Like We know the fear, but how do we own it? And how do we get through it? And how do we process through that? Well, we got to take some action. Like, we can't just play the blame game and say, I'm from a small town. I live in a small city. There's no scouts. It's cold. It's this. The excuses are real. Like, don't get me wrong. Those are real excuses. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with a college dude yesterday, and, and he's like, I'm, I'm a senior, right? I, I came back for the school. I, I want to be here. It's an NAIA, and it's in a cold area, so it's cold, right? Yep. And I, I, my position is taken. Another senior is taking my position now, and I never imagined my career would be here as a senior. I thought I'd be like All-American, this, this, and this. It's like, well, you, you could do that, mm -hmm. but why would you stop your habits Right? He had great habits this summer, but once he found out that it wasn't his position, he stopped working. So I yeah. said, what, pre what prevented you from keeping your morning routine? You said your day was much better when you meditated and you stretched. What was keeping you from doing that? I said, well, just the discouragement of knowing that I might not be in the lineup. And so then, as you know, Ray, being a college coach, the real lineup is not written until day one of the game. Like Until that day, we really don't know 100% what that actual lineup is. So for the athlete here and um, outside of Reno, and from a small town, it's what kind of action can we take, right? So if you are listening and you are a small town kid or parent and you don't know what action to take, I can email schools. I can send every video. Ray, you mentioned uh, the other day, like, hey, if I'm in the cage right there and I say that, I'm going to put up a tripod and videotape every swing. Oh, yeah. Because what if I get a good one one night? 
and I want to send it to Arizona or a junior college. Mm -hmm. Boom. Who knows what they see? So videotaping all your stuff, sending it out to the coaches, continually following up with them, and putting it on social media, even if you do have that fear of real fear of what people might think of your swing, who cares? Yeah. It's your career, not theirs. So uh, you got to take the action, though, to overcome the fear. If we never take the action, the fear never goes away. Yeah, it's Coach Deggs, uh, Matt Deggs, he's uh, at – Louisiana Lafayette right now, or University of Louisiana, excuse me. They don't go by Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, but he, formerly at Sam Houston State, we've had some history. Uh, we played him against um, when I was at Arizona several times. Um, and he's such a good coach, but he was talking. Um, if you get a chance, check out his book too. But he had brought up at the ABCAs that we live in this microwave society, right, where uh, the, when I do something – it should be there right away, right? That's the problem when we have a smartphone and Google has every answer for us within seconds. So um, when when I go out and I'm, oh, I spent two weeks meditating and I've put in all the effort, like why am I not seeing the results yet? Um, a lot of times it, it's just not going to go that quickly. And, um, you know, you, you see it with like, <laughs> I don't mean to bring up YouTubers, but YouTubers that are starting their careers um, the, the one thing they say is you never know which one's going to hit, right? So if you don't keep continuing to put out that content or putting in the work, for example, on the baseball field, you never know when that thing's going to click for you and you're going to make that jump. So if you stop working, you're just, you're just never going to gain, um, like you should be kind of, kind of crazy. So, uh, anyways, so let's go into tips for the, I was reading a couple articles on, on fear, um, and we're going to go into five tips here. Uh, for kids and, and chime in anytime you'd like by because um, we also have some tips for parents helping those kids get through these fears whether they're rational or irrational but number one uh, be patient okay for the kids uh, if you're going through you're trying to learn a new skill especially be patient uh, number two chip away at a rational fear so it's it's not going to be hey I'm I'm worried about the monster in under my bed, you know, mm -hmm. and then one day I'm just going to not be afraid at all. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't just jump that way. Right. Did you ever, uh, did you ever, when you were going to sleep and you had some stuff under your bed or whatever, would you like run and then jump over yep. this imaginary line just because you think someone's going to reach out? And grab yeah. Not boat? a fan. No, not cool. I did until I was like 14. <laughs> I, well, if you've ever seen the movie it, you know, oh, the clown movie, yeah, I still avoid gutters, you know, and drains. <laughs> like, I just, or when I flick the light off in, in the, the kitchen, it's a dead sprint, you know, yeah. from the back. There's just no, you don't know what's in the dark, so. No, you never know. You, you got to chip away at the irrational yeah, fears, you know. start working on our own. That's right. Uh, learn relaxation techniques. I know you're huge on the relaxation techniques. My, my guy here just... Finished a 20-minute meditation sesh <laughs> to get the day going. So Here's a quick one of those, too, to add in. And I just learned this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it was I don't have TikTok, but my girlfriend sent it to me on TikTok. I've been boycotting it, but I might get it because it's kind of oh, cool. Oh, boy. Um, I like the dances, though. So if we do come to your place, we're going to do a dance or a TikTok. Um, but he said two inhales in, one in exhale out. So a double inhale in, exhale out. Three breaths. So it's... Two inhales, right? You inhale a little bit. I've whacked my hand on this, this table so many times. <laughs> One inhale, two inhales, exhale, long exhale. Three breaths of that. That is an incredible, simple relaxation technique that takes less than 10 seconds. How, uh, how many times do you do it? How long do you do it? 
do you wait it out until you minimum feel better? three seconds, minimum three, or not three seconds, sorry, three breaths. Three times. Uh, three times, yeah. But it, if you want, you can do it 10 if you want. Um, but yeah. like, if you get stressed, parent or athlete, sort of just take a, a minute away. Like step away, transition, take a deep, couple deep breaths, step back into whatever you were accomplishing. What, so uh, people with, um, what, what do you call that? Well, anxiety, but they, they have panic attacks um, or asthma. Uh, they're they're given a paper bag sometimes. What and and explain to me what the breaths do to your body to help you relax like that. Yeah. Well, psychologically, it starts to calm my body, so it starts to actually pull me into the present moment. Okay. Um, and in my body, you can tell if somebody's how somebody's feeling in, in their day. Yeah. So in the morning, if we had a hundred people, so let's say everybody that listens to this podcast, we're gonna line you up on the line right on a football field. Everybody stands at a marker and we're gonna go breathe and we're gonna do a deep inhale, we're gonna hold our breath, exhale, hold our breath. Well, the ones who cannot hold your breath very much, like for a long time, mm-hmm. are going to be immediately like wanting to gasp for another breath. So you go, mm-hmm. and you can tell they're so tense. So those are the people who have extreme anxiety or they have maybe some, uh, some nerves going into the day or something in their day that is unexpected or they're holding on to a lot of baggage, right? Mm-hmm. And something I learned not too long ago as well is this awesome book, Breathe, and you can listen to the Audible, it's perfect, and it talks all about your breath and how important it is. And humans, the reason we have crooked teeth and smaller jaws over time is because we breathe through our mouth more than we breathe through our nose. And snoring, so some of those parents are like, yeah, my wife snores or my, my, my husband snores. Well. Snoring isn't a good thing. It's not cute to snore, right? Like, yeah. Snoring means that you are literally gasping for breath. So, and when you're sleeping like that and you know you're snoring, you know you're breathing more out of your mouth rather than your nose, which causes so many more issues biologically and psychologically. So we have more disease that comes from it. Um, asthma, right? Asthma actually isn't real. Like we could cure asthma with our breath. How crazy is that? Like some of us are like, no, nah, dude, whatever. Like I need to go research that. We'll go fact check and go get breathe and listen to it. It's amazing. <laughs> It's incredible what I've learned. So um, breathing through the nose, right? Let's become more nose breathers rather than mouth breathers just because we've been programmed to breathe out of the mouth and in through the mouth. So um, those are just a few things. But psychologically, dude, it just it clears your mind. It, it allows some of those nerves to kind of calm down, right? It's not going to eliminate your problems, right? Like there's, there's real things yeah. out there, right? But it's going to calm you down a little bit, uh, bring you back in that present moment so you can execute your best self that day. You know, if we tried to line up all the people that listen to this podcast, 10,000 of you would not fit on one football field. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Maybe 50,000. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so to continue, what do we got? First three are be patient, chip away at irrational fear, learn relaxation techniques. <clears throat> Number four is going to be remember fear and anxiety can be minimized. So when you feel like that, the world is coming down on you, um, there's nowhere to go but up, you know. So you can slow yourself down. This You're, you're going to get past this, uh, even though in the moment it might feel like it's the end of the world. You know, yeah. it's going to be minimized. I think about this too, Ray. I'm sorry, I keep adding on to each No, one, please do. Like a seed, right? The seed, I think I saw Coach Lyle post this, but it sparked up some awesome things, right? And, and one of them was the seed. And so in the Bible, they talk a lot about like the farmer who plants the seed who reaps the reward in the next season. And in this, it's you plant the seed, right? In the broad daylight, you water it in the daylight. It doesn't grow in the daylight. It grows in the darkness. So think about your life when you might be in the darkness right now. You might be struggling with something. What are you 
experiencing? Like, what, what kind of growth are you progressing through right now? Because this is where you're going to grow the most, in the darkness. So if you think about it as a seed, like, I love the analogies because they paint a picture. Like, okay, what area? Uh, yeah, I might be in a really dark time. I might hate my life. I don't know. I might have a lot of fear. But how much am I growing through this? This is where I'm going to grow and transform the rest of my life the most. So just a little story yeah gro growth only happens when you're uncomfortable you know we're never we're when we're chilling and hitting off that nice easy flip in the cage <laughs> like i feel like i can take down anybody but the minute chapman steps on the mound i got a problem <laughs> uh and then number five to wrap up tips for the the guys that are going through it uh is to chart your progress you know to to list hey man today i had a better day this is what i did and uh, you know, maybe I took a step back today. Either way, it's fine as long as you're keeping track of it because over time you're going to be able to look back and go, you know, this is helping me or this isn't. Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the five for you guys going through it. For you parents that are listening, um, and, and I got this, uh, I, just, I was just scanning through a bunch of stuff on fear and um, tips for your parents. And it's not too far off from what we just listened to. But number one, um, whenever it's possible, Make sure you, you go at it gradually with your kid. You don't need to, um, you know, push it. You know, you know, if a kid's afraid of swimming or drowning, you don't throw them into the pool in the deep end. You know, we can get some floaties and we can mix those yeah. in first. Um, number on the dead man's float today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try something easy. Uh, number two, uh, encourage them for being brave, uh, even if they do not accomplish the task or conquer the fear. Make sure you're providing that encouragement. Number three, no punishment for not doing it. That's, I think this is a big one. So um, for me, and I guess I can go to like a bicycle example. If a, a kid's afraid of riding a bike, you know, you take off the training wheels and they don't want to get on the bike, you don't ground them for a week because they didn't get on the bike because what's going to happen you next time you try and throw them on a bike without training wheels, you know? Not good. No, and speaking of that though, an, an insane thing that happened, I just heard it the other day. A parent, a dad, grounded his kid, mind you, grounded his kid who hit a home run this day, right? He hits a home run in his first at-bat, strikes out in his second at-bat, grounds him for a week from his phone because he struck out. So if you think that's going to help your son <laughs> or daughter go up to the play with more confidence and not striking out, all they're thinking about is don't strike out, don't strike out, don't strike out. <laughs> that is the worst thing you can do. So... Please, whatever you do, I know it might be frustrating if they get out once in a while. Like, don't crown them after striking out. <laughs> that was just, I was rattled, man. I was like, okay, can I just talk to this dude? Or I don't even want to talk to this dude. Come on. Well, they're not only worried about striking out at that point. Now they're going, man, I might not be able to hang out with my friends for the next week. <laughs> yeah. Like, my life's on the line. This is terrible. This dude hit one over the cages in the outfield, supposedly. Like, bomb. Struck out. Like, okay, you think Aaron Judge cares if he strikes out? No, he hits 80 home runs. Like, come on. Like, that, that's way too far. Well, his dad's not taking his phone away for striking out either. You know? Yeah. And, and I don't I don't want to put my wife on blast, but we were talking about our worst days on the fields, and, and I've had some bad ones. But she had told me um, she'd struck out, I think, six or seven times in one game, which, <laughs> which is incredible for a softball game, which is usually only five or six innings, you know. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, she struck out, uh, we'll say six times, uh, and uh, after the fifth time, uh, she was younger, and her dad's, her dad's tough, you know, her dad comes up and goes, if you strike out one more time, you're off this team. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, she didn't. She didn't strike out. I think she she tapped one in play. I don't know if it was a two strike little tapper, but two strike butt. Just yeah, laid down. <laughs> yeah, just at that, that point. Please let me just somewhere else. Foul there. out if you have to. You're yeah. just praying. <laughs> uh, anyways, no punishment for not doing it. Number four, patience and persistence is key. Obviously, over time we're gonna have to chip away at it, kind of as we'd mentioned before. And then number five, I think this is really really big empathy goes a long way um you know as coaches as head coaches i like to say head coaches have never struck out they've never walked a guy they've never made an error in the field because you know that's their role they're they're supposed to bring up the things that are going to make you feel make you better maybe not make you feel better but make you better um but i think the more we remember how hard the game is um you know, if we go back to our playing days or kind of put us, put ourselves in that position, or maybe even, Hey, you were really good at baseball as a, a, a kid yourself, but you were terrible at soccer. Let's think about how hard it was when you were playing soccer, you know, sports is different for everybody. So, yeah, it's big. uh, so yeah, that's our tips for the parents, for the kids. Um, I hope that kind of helped us wrap up fears. Um, I really enjoyed the kind of theme for the month. Um, and then kind of to send you guys off, we have a quick game that we're going to kind of go through, not the fast five this week. Okay. But it's, we're going to call it trick or treat. Okay. Halloween trick or treat. Okay. And so here's the deal, Bob, I'm going to read off a statement. Um, and you are going to tell me it is either trick, something that you do not agree with or a treat, something that you're all about. (laughs) If there's ice cream involved, I want the treat. Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay. So number one. The Tampa Bay Rays will win the World Series Trick. this year. <laughs> Trick, yeah, no? Trick. The Dodgers do destiny. They came back 3-1. to They're ready to go. Uh, I know it's 1-1 as we speak in game three tonight. So mm-hmm. when people hear this, there'll be two more games played. So if I'm wrong, you can blast me. I don't like the Dodgers, but <laughs> I think there's no way that they lose. Like, there's no way. I'm really impressed with the Rays, though. Uh, your confidence in them winning gives me more confidence in the Tampa Bay race to take this thing home. <laughs> Walker Bueller is going tonight. Uh, he, un, incredible talent. He was a UCLA grad, I believe. Um, and Vandy, Vandy, excuse me. Um, so, you know, Tim Corbin was thriving off that arm. But uh, the deal is I just think he throws too many balls, personally. I think he's he's got a great arm, but he's going to walk too many people. Uh, and I think... That Manuel Margot and and you know a Rosarena he finally got his first knock of the postseason and Willie Adamas I, I just think the Rays are gonna pull it out personally, but hey this is your game so <laughs> <laughs> number two the best part about college baseball is playing in the games oh trick big trick what do you got is hanging with the teammates dude. it's the relationships you build off the field not even the on the field memories just the off the field memories talked about it yesterday he said yeah what do i got to do to be one of those 35 you were 36 out of 35 came back worked your tail off to be one of the 35 it's a privilege to be one of the 35 but you said hey i'm not alone when i go to school i have 34 other friends on my team yeah. that i can call to and go hang out with and that was the memories we built i mean we're back in reno and there's eight to ten teammates that we are hoping to see pending some COVID things like we're hoping to see yeah. them right so um, it's incredible what what the relationships you build in college yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, you know, college baseball is great. Playing in the games is awesome, uh, especially if you happen to experience a little success. That's sweet, too. But, yeah, the, the relationships you're going to build and, and grow with those guys is going to last forever. So I agree. Uh, number three, 
getting good grades in high school is overrated. <laughs> uh, I want to say, well, I get now it's kind of like word weird. So it is a trick because it's not overrated to get good grades in high school. Get good grades. If you're younger and listening to this, I know there's some 11, 12 year olds or parents of them. Let's build those habits now so when we get to high school, we have a, a foundation for how to study and how to grow. Um, get good grades. Simple. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not cool to be uh, the guy with a 2 4. Yeah, you know, you're GPA. not super sweet if you have <laughs> a 2 4 and you're like, yeah, I'm the best out here. Well, cool, you're good, talented, but I can go recruit a guy who's a little less talented with a 3 8 and pay yep. him. Very little money to come to my school because he already got the academics. So. And I'm 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 talking to the cool kid that has the two eight right now. You here's what's gonna happen, pal. You're either not gonna get into the school you want to go to, you are gonna get in, and you're gonna struggle when you get there. Or number three, you're gonna have so many tutors and study hall hours that you're gonna be crushed and wish you just did it in high school. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it can close more doors than it opens. Uh, for sure, having good grades, uh, I'm gonna say trick as well. Okay, number three, the hardest part about college baseball is the conditioning. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a close treat right there. That's a close treat. That's a trap question uh, right there. <laughs> the conditioning does suck, but I'd say trick. The hardest part is managing your schedule, time management. I mean, that's something mm. that you really find out when you get to college is, okay, I have school, I have weightlifting, I have practice, I have friends, I have a social life. Um, I want to be a kid, but I also want to achieve something big. I'd say time management for sure. You learn it big time. Yeah, life balance. When you finally get there, you're on your own for your first time, and uh, you don't have mom and dad telling you you got to go to bed. And Call of Duty's calling. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's tough. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm gonna say actually the conditioning was the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, man, coach. Well, yeah, you, yeah, that's true. Coach Powers is one of the legends of the game. And, man, he could grind you into the ground with the conditioning. Uh, so if you're listening, Coach, thanks for making me faster and my legs a little bit stronger. Uh, <clears throat> number five, hitting off machines is very important in your development. Uh, yeah, sure. this is a good going, one for you. I'm going treat because it is important, right? Now, too many machines, no, because you, you can time the machine. Mm -hmm. like you just, it's going to be a cookie most of the time, and you can hit it well but it is a treat because you got to get your timing down you got to learn how to hit fastballs and if you can't hit a fastball you can't play at the next level so yeah. hitting the machines and seeing more curveballs gives you more confidence when you do well off of the machine which is hard to hit sometimes in the game so i think it's a treat i believe that machines are important to your development but let's not get in the trap of only hitting off the machine all day every day and the hit tracks is a trap so um, don't get caught up in the numbers all the time. Your exit velo looks sweet in the cage, but on the field when you miss, it doesn't do anything. So yep. uh, just think about that too. Yeah, we we hit off machines all the time, but that cookie 75 mile an hour fastball does not help. You know, you make sure you're ramping it up or getting some spin. So treat for me, stealing bases, uh, excuse me, stealing a base, when your team is up six runs in the eighth inning is bush. No, <laughs> the game hard and come here just to play. Like six run, you never know what can happen. That's a couple hits here and there, string together. Play the game to win. Is there a time when it is bush league? Yeah, ten plus. How, ten plus in that what inning? Does it matter? Eighth, Eighth inning no, or later? Ten plus seventh and, and further. Okay. But like, dude, it, no, play the game hard, dude. You gotta get yours in. 
I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I've been college baseball is such a roller coaster of games. I've seen way too many teams come back and battle back. So if you're one of those coaches that are listening to get frustrated that you got guys stealing on you and you know you're losing by six or seven late, play better. <laughs> yeah, play better, right? Like, come on. Like, it's not my fault. I, I'm going to play hard. Right? I came here to play. I'm not going to just stop trying because we're beating you by six. No. no. We're going to dominate you. That's yeah. why I came to this game. That's why I'm playing the game. Come on. And that's and maybe that's the coaches I've played for and the coaches <laughs> yeah. I've worked with. But, hey, get yours. You know, we're going out. We're not trying to rub it in anybody's face. We're definitely going to, you know, we're up 10. We're going station to station. We're going to do it right. But pff, six runs, bro? Come on. <laughs> yeah. That, that too many games have been lost six runs and we lost some of them so no yeah been there been on both sides so Mm -hmm. uh last one we're gonna have and and this is your wheelhouse pal the mental game is more important than the physical game treat Treat. (laughs) that's a treat uh your physical performance can be so good but you see so many athletes get in their own way because their mind is not in the right place so the mental game is the most important because it allows you to unlock your physical side of the game and your skill sets so Let's learn it now. Plus, it might help you be a better person in life, too. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that is a treat for me. I love working with guys on the mental game. I love talking about the mental game, and, and I agree. Your brain is going to take you further than your physical attributes can, for sure. Um, that has been awesome, man. First time in, in person, yeah, bro. This is great. So, uh, for you guys that are listening, uh, just a quick knock on what we have coming up. November 8th, I believe, is the first day for our online virtual training camp that we're putting out there uh we have a few signups going in right now we're going to be covering uh leadership we're going to cover the mental game we're going to cover some hitting uh and then we're going to cover uh some development stuff on getting to the next level really excited about that um so make sure you sign up for november before november 1st uh as the price is going to go up after that for one uh two do we have any uh, what else we got out there we got some uh group sessions going right yeah, the group mental mastery. Um, we're calling it the Leadership Academy now, so that's going every Sunday evening. Where we've got that going, uh, we're gonna come out with some more digital projects too to um, just maximize that for people who cannot be there in those settings or time conflictions and all that. So that's every Sunday evening. Uh, we rock that out mentorship program, Leadership Academy, where we get athletes from all over the world together talking about leadership, mindset, skills, tactics, and then we'll have guest speakers every month. And there's a student athlete of the month as well who. Um, we'll end up sending a shirt to, a hat to, and uh, pump them up a little bit. So anybody's welcome for that. we got that going, and then some individual training as well. If, if you are interested in some one-on-ones, uh, we can totally get that lined up as well. Right on. So you've heard it. Uh, this has been a great Monday, October 26th, if you're listening to it. Uh, for us, we are coming to you from the past on a Friday. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying your week. Have a great week from us here at Major League University. Go check us out on all socials. Add us on Facebook and make sure you are subscribed to the newsletter if you haven't already. Thank you guys so much for your time. Have a great day. Yep, share it with somebody you love. Peace. Later. <laughs>